Welcome back to the Boys Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh Schaefer. Back again with Matt Kuyper Jr. and Brian McShay. Talk and draft. Hey, Matt. Hey, Brian. How you guys doing? Doing great. I'm doing great. We're your off-season host, baby. I know. Sloan's out of here. He actually texted <laughs> me asking me if we were going to post another podcast soon. So that tells you he's like totally out of it at this point. He just, he's, he's just, just seen September. Exactly. Yeah, he's got law exams on the mind. But oh, we're glad to be back. We had the NFL draft. It was without a doubt the most fun I've ever had watching the draft. I was sitting on my couch smiling, like checking my phone. I felt like a GM, like just watching all the trades go through and seeing. You are a GM. Yeah, I am. I am. Yes, I am a GM. But just that was, it was so fun. Go ahead, Matt. I want to tell a quick tragic story. So first round of the draft Thursday night, um, my JV baseball team playing rival Brownsburg at home heated contest. Uh, my team decided to shit the bed. We made 10 errors, um, <laughs> four in a row, four consecutive at-bats, four errors. Somehow we stayed in the game and we had the lead in the seventh. We end up losing 13 to 10. Come home before the game. I was like, hey, Kim, can you record the draft for me? That way I can like speed through. Come home. She's like, oh, shoot. I didn't record the draft. So not only did I lose to Brownsburg, we made 10 errors. The first round was not recorded. When I turned the TV on, it was at pick 18. Oh, no. Right after oh, the Oh, that was right at the end of the run of fun picks, too. Like, basically, oh. pick 20 and, like, died off for fun fantasy picks. Yeah, so I, I didn't even get to see, like, the analysis of Zion Johnson. Just to add to oh. the night. <laughs> yeah. Rough, rough night. Yeah. To be honest, I did not give a shit about any non-skill position player that was drafted. I was like... Let's get to the next receiver, the like next quarterback, which never happened. Yeah, um, seriously. That's but, what I think. I think like the the weird thing for me about this draft was I think it's a super unique draft to be our first rookie draft in, in Dynasty. Like most drafts, either quarterbacks get overvalued and you, you know, you have these guys going in the top 10 to 15 picks, or it's just, you know, like loaded with skill players at the top, like this was the I can only think of one other draft in the last like 10 years or so that had this little uh you know like offensive talent at the top. And it's I think I think we're gonna see it in the mock tonight, but like there were there's some there's some tough choices just because of you know, like we're gonna pick some second round guys ahead of first round guys just because of you know how this draft went. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean there I was a little nervous after the first round. I, I didn't think so many wide receivers would get taken in the second round. Cause like just looking at how my rankings were heading into the draft, I felt like a lot of the really good wide receivers had gone on the, off the board. The only ones I felt pretty confident about going in the second were like Sky Moore, um, Christian, Christian Watson. Watson. Yeah. Mm. George Pickens. I think those were the three big ones. I was like, okay, these guys will probably go in the second but then to see guys like Alec Pierce, John Mechie, like there's some yeah. in that uh, Patriots guy. I don't even, I have, I had Tyquan Thornton. I had never uh, heard of Tyquan Thornton either before the draft day. So there was some, some weird reaches in the second round. Yeah, no. And it's, uh, I, I think like 
comparing next year's draft class to this one is going to be really interesting because I think, you know, like we've discussed a lot, but I think like pick six next year might be as valuable as like pick three or four this year. You know, I think there's a, uh, or sorry, I guess the, yeah, pick six being as valuable as pick three or four this year. I think there's a lot of uh, uh, deflation this year compared to next year's class. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think we would all say that Brees Hall is the consensus 1-1. Like, you're going to have to take Brees Hall. But even still, I don't know. After going to the Jets, you're like, you're probably not like, this is perfect. You know, it's not a bad landing spot. But there's still, like, Michael Carter, a lot of offensive uncertainty, a lot of weapons. Like, yeah, I feel like, realistically, like... Fortunately, Brian, you have three of the four first four picks, so you can kind of spread out who your guy is. But if you only had the one one and then your next pick was two one, like I think there's six or seven guys you could justify taking with the first overall pick in this draft. Yeah, especially with like the the makeup of my team. I uh like I would say quarterback is a much bigger need than running back. So it's like if I only had one one, it would be really hard to pass up Kenny Pickett. Yeah. You know, even though Brees Hall, I consider a much better value. Definitely agree. It's crazy to think that Kenny Pickett is now the name that we're like, ooh, like you might have to take him. And last week we were like, God, like, do you really need him at one eight? Once, like, it's, you know, crazy things happen in the draft. You guys also. That's why. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Matt. I was going to say, you guys mentioned like, this is a weird draft for quarterbacks wide receivers went hot off the market. Yeah. Like this is atypical for running backs as well. Like no first round running backs. Well, we had one second round running back and then like uh, they started kind of falling off in the third and fourth, but it was like teams that you would have hoped to take running backs early, like were kind of wavering. And even the ones that did get taken, you mentioned Hall, Kenneth Walker, like Seattle still has Chris Carson. And Rashad Penny. Yeah. And Rashad Penny yeah. and Carson's coming off a neck injury, but it's like, you know, I don't, I don't like that a ton. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it's very weird for, you know, do you value talent or do you value, you know, somebody that went like fourth, fifth round, but is in a much better spot as a player. Well, that, that brings me to like Damian Pierce. He was a guy that like, we didn't, he was not even on my radar the last time we did one of these mock drafts for mm-hmm. uh, for our league. And now, I mean, I feel like there's a really good chance you'll hear his name in the first round tonight. Like, I mean, he's a valuable player. Wow. Woof. First round, Damian Pierce, Brian, <laughs> coming in with the takes. I mean, I would much rather have Houston's one and only good running back over uh, some of these other guys. I'm, I'm looking forward to that conversation because – yeah. The James mm-hmm. Cook debate is a little interesting because he's kind of a weird, weird running back, like in terms of upside. So, yeah, we'll you know, get there. We'll, we'll get, get there. there. But I think Mike. just one other note about the draft that I loved is, and I wish we would have done, it, it would have been so fun if we would have done our fantasy draft before the NFL draft to see Brian take Malik Willis at 1.2 <laughs> and then watch him fall to the third round and be like, <laughs> This guy was drafted after Davis Mills was last year. Like, <laughs> it would have been brutal. It would have been so brutal, and it would have been awesome at the same time. I was I was angry watching the draft, and I hadn't even drafted Malik. Like, I was like, when is he going to get taken? I need him. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's I mean, now it's like kind of a crapshoot. I mean, third round quarterbacks like I, it's hard to evaluate this year because there was such a big gap. Like, is it like, will the quarterbacks be worth something? And they just kind of all got taken in that third round window. So you don't really know, but it's definitely scarier. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll get into all of it. So we ready to hop into the mock. Let's do it. We got Let's two rounds of hot mock action coming to you. We're not going to be as deep as last time. Cause we really talked more about the prospects. Now we've got landing spots. And I'm sure it'll change, th- change things up. I wish we had, I should have put together a chart of what our mock was last time, yep. but I didn't. Uh, so I'll maybe go back after the fact and look at it. But we got me, we got Matt, we got Brian. We're going Matt, me, Brian, that order. We're going to repeat. Um, but Matt, you're on the clock. First overall pick, who are you taking? I mean, yeah, we just mentioned this a second ago. I think this is the, the one clear cut dude that I would take if I was at 1-1. Um, and that is Rick's Hall. I think he's the guy. He should be the guy. Confident he will be the guy. I think that uh, he's – the Michael Carter aspect in New York scares me a little bit, but I feel like Michael Carter probably just slides into a situational back role. You know, maybe thir- you know some third downs mixed in there, but I, I feel like Rick's Hall has, has top at least top 20 running back. Um, ability this next year I agree I think he's locked in probably to top 20 but RB1 upside I think will be tough to find I mean if he has a solid RB2 season I think he would be happy with that so totally he's not elite I like that pick at one at two you know I wouldn't know Brian's gonna say he's gonna go Kenny Pickett here I just don't know I'm I, I See, I have a lot of luxury now after trading pick 1.6 that I don't have any kind of like weird obligation to like say a name because I'm worried about who would be available at 1.6 in their real draft. I can just go wherever I want to. And if I'm Brian at two, I think I'm going Traylon Burks at second overall. Um, I love the landing spot at Tennessee. He's the guy. And he's met a lot of the thresholds college dominator breakout age usage target share great yards after the catch not a freak athlete but a good one i think you know he's gonna be a boom or bust guy but i think that's what brian needs i think that's what you need at this point brian so i would feel pretty good about Traylon burke second overall i just wouldn't want to see dylan take Traylon. i know drake london also has a great opportunity but I'm just really nervous about Drake London not having run the 40. Like, it feels weird to me. I know he's never been that fast, but, you know, I think I like Traylon here. And I think the other pick would maybe be Kenneth Walker, but I don't know. The timeshare this year is a little tough. And how many years can you really get out of a running back? So I'm feeling good about Traylon too. Yeah, I think the interesting part about Traylon is that if you think about it, like the Titans essentially just traded AJ Brown for Traylon Burke straight up. Like they just said, you know what? I don't want to pay AJ Brown 25 million. I'd rather ship him off to Philadelphia and we'll just take Traylon instead. So it kind of makes you wonder like, does Traylon just get the targets in that offense that AJ Brown got? You know, is it just a one for one swap like that? Definitely agree. I mean, and now I put the pressure on, on Matt because now he can have Brian draft Kenny Pickett at four instead of me having <laughs> to take him at two. So I feel good about it. Yeah. So, uh, Matt, do you have any thoughts on that? 
No, I mean, you mentioned, you just mentioned, like, is he going to get the the share that A.J. Brown got as the owner of A.J. Brown? I can tell you that this past season was brutal to watch and, like, see Ryan Tannehill, like, miss him all the time. So, best of luck to Traylon Burks with the non-mentor, Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> that actually, it does bring up an interesting point. Like, I like, so... You know, Josh, I like Traylon Burks' fit, like you were saying, but uh, Ryan Tannehill is not exactly the quarterback that you want throwing to your fancy wide receivers. And then theoretically next year, it'll be Malik Willis or insert, you know, other quarterback that they bring in. And uh, I'm not sure I want that either. So, like, you know, is that much better? I don't know. So it'll be interesting to see the development of Tennessee. I think we're a little bit too down on Ryan Tannehill. I mean, AJ Brown did emerge under him. So I think he's got the juice to be good, but Burks is definitely a boomer bust prospect. So I would understand not reaching for him there, but I like it. I take him. Okay. So I'm up third here uh, for Dylan. I feel, I I really feel like there's like four, four or five players you could go with here. Uh, To me, I feel like, uh, you know, we've discussed this a lot, but to me, I think Dylan's uh, hole is in the wide receiver room. Uh, I, unlike Josh, am a big Drake London fan. I'm not too worried about the 40 time just because I don't think that's how, you know, I don't think he's going to be used as a burner. I think he's going to be used more as like a route runner and a, you know, a, a red zone threat. And just the thought of him and Kyle Pitts in the same offense is pretty awesome. And I think it would be fun for Dylan to just kind of have, you know, the the top two targets on on the Falcons. Obviously, this next year would probably be tough uh, with Mariota at quarterback. But um, going forward, you know, as they you know come out of this rebuild in the next couple of years, I you know I wouldn't be surprised if this is a two and fifteen team next year that then drafts a quarterback. Um, I feel like this has you know Drake London has long term potential for Dylan. I have nothing wrong, nothing to say bad about that pick. I really think you could take London, Wilson, Burks, and Williams in any order, and I think it would, you know, you got to get your guy. So I think London's mm-hmm. a good pick at three. Agreed. I honestly think you could throw Olave in the mix there too. Like I don't mind his situation in New Orleans either. So yeah. it, ultimately it comes up to preference there, but I think wide receiver is the fit. So who are you going at format? Yeah, four, bringing it back around to Brian. Um, At this point, this is Brian's, like, only pick until, what, now 4.2? Yeah, because of the, you know, trade we'll talk about in detail later. Uh, Historic. I think he would be foolish to leave the one first-round quarterback on the board, regardless if Pickett doesn't start right away. I don't know if we can bank on Trubisky being that good. I think the Steelers like obviously did their due diligence and like went out and got their guy. Like they didn't move up and didn't panic, which was impressive. Um, so you got to like the situation that Pickett has Najee Harris at running back um, Pat Fryermuth at tight end. You got Deontay, you got Claypool, you now have Pickens to slot in there as well. Like it's a nice situation for a rookie quarterback to be in. Um, so I would go pick it for My yeah, only fear, yeah, your pick. Go ahead. My only fear with Pickett, I I agree. Like he will, you know, probably be the pick either here or at two. Uh, I love the Pittsburgh landing, except for the offensive line. That offensive line was 
truly terrible last year. And they, the only reason they weren't dead last in the league was because Ben Roethlisberger was throwing the ball in like under two seconds most times. And so he was, and he was still getting hit. So to me, like I, I, I love the fit. I just wish they'd done more to beef up the offensive line because I think he's going to be under a ton of pressure in year one. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's a weird pick because if the first quarterback was picked at 20 in a normal draft or if a quarterback was picked at 20 in a standard draft, that would be like the third or fourth quarterback off the board. So you might be seeing him in like the mid to late first. And this is the tough part about Brian's pick being at 1.4 instead of like 1.7. And two reasons you wouldn't want to be at 1.7. Mike is picking two before you. And I could see Mike just spite picking Kenny Pickett just because he like would want to hold him over your head. But yeah. it's a pick you have to make, but I don't know one you're feeling like great about. Like, I still don't think the odds pick it becomes the guy. Like, small hands, you know, like it's tough to when your hands are that small, you can't really yeah. play very well. So yeah, I'm I'm getting more and more convinced that Mike's strategy in this league is to hoard as many quarterbacks as he can, even if it's to the detriment of his own team, just so he can then sell them off at ridiculously high prices to teams that get themselves in trouble with like, you know, only having one or two quarterbacks. I, you know, I've been, it's been weird. I've, I've tried to trade him for quarterbacks before and I feel like he always is like, I'm just going to hold them and hope that two of them pan out. And yeah. I feel like the Trey Lance window is not closed, but it's shut a little bit. Like it's shrinking, shut it's shrinking. And I don't think any of us would pay like two firsts, no doubt, which he would have been at the start of the off season and having not even played, that's pretty good value to cash in on, but yeah, no, I agree. But. All right. Pick five. I'm uh, Mike here. I mean, I've got back to back. So I think I'm probably going, I'm probably going Kenneth Walker. You know, I think it's a fine pick. He'll hold value and, it's not his year this year, probably, but next year, both those running backs are gone. I think he'll be the guy, and Mike's window isn't really this year anyway, so no reason not to to hold the back there. I think it's I think it's the right pick. And and Kenneth Walker falling to five is pretty shocking. I think a lot of mocks will see have him going second overall, even in Superflex. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think the Carson situation – you know, and Austin can probably like attest to this, like seeing him miss the entirety of like almost the entirety of the season with a neck injury. Like if you're going to get hurt, neck is one of the areas you don't want a running back. I mean, you can recover from a knee. Like we've seen multiple guys do it, but neck surgery is like something that could be pretty like tough to bounce back from and be the same type of back. So I think there's an outside shot. Kenneth could like jump into the lead spot, but even then, if it's not this year, it's next year. I I was reading an article that was uh, uh, wondering if maybe the Kenneth Walker pick was a sign that Chris Carson like either wasn't coming back or was coming back in a very very limited fashion. So I'm wondering if maybe the Seahawks know something about that neck injury that the rest of us don't. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, three backs in that backfield, there's no way they're all going to get reps. So yeah. I think somebody, I think he's 28 this year. So kind of seems like he'd be the odd man out. Hasn't really had a great year in a couple of years at this point. And for running backs, it's a bit of a steeper decline. So I could see yep. it. Too. 
So I believe I'm back on the clock for Mike uh, with the pick that he absolutely stole at 1.06. So uh, I I think this is a guy I'm about to take here is kind of the wide receiver version of Kenneth Walker. Same, same kind of storyline of just like, I, he, you know, he may not contribute week one, but he's the type that I think Mike's going to appreciate the long-term upside. And that's Jamison Williams. I think uh, at this point, it's pretty much between Jamison Williams and Garrett Wilson. And Garrett Wilson probably is a little bit, you know, better of a short-term option. Uh, but I feel like long-term Jamison Williams has the slightly higher ceiling. Uh, and, you know, Detroit, I mean, both Detroit and New York seem to have some momentum, but I feel like Detroit has some, uh, some momentum that they can carry, you know, with, with Dan Campbell and that staff that uh, that could be a pretty, pretty nice place for him. So uh, I'm going James Williams and I thought, you know, Mike can stick him on the taxi squad or on the bench for a while, you know, let him get over the injury and then hope, you know, in a year or two that he's, he's a breakout. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, I don't, I don't hate it. I mean, you gotta, you gotta like, what Detroit wants to do with him because I mean they traded up 20 picks with a division rival to do it. You know, so um we'll see how the knee bounces back. I mean I've heard he's out of schedule. So if like Brian said he may not be like a elite level guy now, but Mike's timeline's not right now. So if you can, you know, get everybody clicking, Jamison's a nice piece to do that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just crazy that one of Jamison Williams and Garrett Wilson, I mean, one of Jamison Williams, Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson, or Drake London will be available at the seventh pick. And I think that's pretty sweet if you're Austin at pick seven to have one of those guys be available. I mean, even if he doesn't want to take him and Olave, like two of those guys will be available at seven. So you'll still have some options. And I think Jamison Williams, Garrett Wilson, you can't really go wrong between the two. You know, I think super speculative. Both have had good college careers, so it makes sense to go Jameson. A lot of people say he's going to be the best receiver in the draft, um, but, you know, it's a good pick at six. I like it. Where are we going, Matt? So I'm Austin at seven. Um, pre-draft, I honestly feel like, I mean, Austin's, like, glaring need is quarterback, but with the way things shook out, Ritter going to Atlanta, Willis going to Tennessee, but like where they ended up. Um, I mean, if Austin wants to like get his guy, I guess you would go quarterback. I mean, honestly, taking Willis doesn't help you out because you're the backup to Tannehill who he already has. So at this point, I think he just goes best available in the best spot that he likes. Um, If I were him, I'd go Garrett Wilson. I think I think New York's trending in the right direction. I think him and Elijah Moore will make a lethal duo. Um, We'll see what Zach Wilson's made of. And I think that's like a a nice value spot to put in. I agree. And waits his time for a quarterback. That's that's the thing to me. I feel like uh, one of the people, one of the bigger losers of the way the first round shook out was, was Austin. Just because if you had gotten you know, Malik Willis to go top 10, Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett to go between 10 and 32. Like there, there would be a lot more reason to pick Willis or Ritter here. Like kind of like I did in our, in our first mock. But at this point, it's like, I don't think you can really convince yourself to go with one of those two when somebody like Garrett Wilson's on the board. 
Yeah, I mean, Garrett Wilson at seven, it's just too good to pass up. I think you're overthinking it if you don't take him. You may not love the the situation, but I think you go for it. All right, I think it's me right now back at Matt pick eight. And I'm going to bring a little mix to the draft. At pick eight, Matt decides, I don't really like Chris Olave that much. You know, I'd rather have some more picks in the draft. You know, I feel like I'm kind of reaching for these guys. I think 110 would be a great place to, place to pick. <laughs> so he trades pick 1.8 for pick 1.10 and 2.10, giving him a little bit of space in the back of the second to get a guy that he likes. I know he's eyeing Jalen Tolbert back there, and he's wishing he could pick him because he knows he's going to take Spiller at 2.5. So he trades back, and with the eighth pick in the draft – it's me. I, I know we said we weren't picking for ourselves, but I don't care. I, I'm doing this. <laughs> uh, I'm like taking it. Chris Olave. I'm feeling good about it. I mean, you know, I'm happy to do it. I the Saints have traded up for him. I think it's a it's a high value pick, uh, first round talent. I mean, I think we've all seen that chart of like what the Saints actually traded to get Chris Olave. Have you seen it? It's like they traded like two firsts and. Uh, like a second and some other good players, just like in all of their packages of stuff. So they're they're all in on him. Michael Thomas back this year, but still, I don't know, up in the air to say the the least. I mean, I think we still all think he can be a wide receiver one, but a little iffy. And I feel pretty good about Jamison at QB slinging the ball. So I'm I'm happy to take Chris Olave at 1.8 because uh, I know Matt's not. I think that's. Uh... That is such a curveball, Matt. What what do you think you would need to move back those two spots? Oh, if I was, if I knew, if I'd known trades were available, I would have said Austin probably would have moved back from seven into like the early second. Mike dumps off like two one and two seven or something like that, and you know maybe a third next year. But I mean, I don't. We'll toss the wrench in there. I don't. I don't hate the the idea of moving out of eight for those of you that have second round picks or anybody that wants to move up. Um, I personally feel like my need is running back. There are only two running backs worth taking in the first like five picks of the draft. So, uh, you know, if I have to go best player available, I will. Um, but moving back has definitely crossed my mind. So, if, anybody, like if anybody wants to up the offer from uh, try and beat one ten and two ten, you got my number. That, feel, that feels like pretty good value. That's not bad. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're, you're only moving back two spots, and then you yeah. can take a James Cook at 1.10. You feel okay about that. That's not bad. Oh. Yeah, it's not bad. I'm just, for anybody out there that wants to be better. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think of the pick, though? Chris Olave at 8th over. I, you know, I think, I think Olave got a great spot in New Orleans. Um, I think like there's not a lot of pressure on him to be a wide receiver one right off the bat, like a Burks or like a London um, or even maybe Garrett Wilson. Um, I think like having that kind of pressure off of him and teams knowing that Michael Thomas is like on the other side, I think we'll like, I think he's going to have a productive year and to get that production at eight, I think is really nice. Yeah, I agree. I honestly, I feel like you could almost, make a case that he's got the best quarterback of any wide receiver or yeah, of any wide receiver we've taken. I mean, I obviously Jameis isn't the best, you know, it isn't like a stellar overall quarterback, but for fantasy, I feel like I would like to have Jameis Winston 
throwing the ball to my wide receivers. I mean, he's, you know, you know, he's going to take shots. So I, I don't think that's a bad, bad pick at all. Awesome. Well, you're up on the clock, Brian, you're picking for Mike at 1.9 right now. This is a, this is an interesting one. Who's he taking at one nine? I, I, I feel like, uh, you know, given the, the Kenneth Walker pick and then the James, Jameson Williams pick, um, I feel like the board is pretty open for Mike here. Uh, I, I, there's, there's no one name that, that totally stands out as, as like the go-to guy, but just, you know, knowing Mike and the way that, uh, you know, I was talking about him hoarding quarterbacks, I feel like this is, especially with his run of picks that are coming up, I feel like this is his opportunity to to go hoard another quarterback and let him sit on the bench and see what happens. So I'm going to go with uh, Desmond Ritter here. I feel like between Ritter and Willis, um, I have an inkling that, that Mike likes Ritter more than Willis. Um, so I, I think that's where he would lean. But I... Uh, even though it's not the not the pick I would necessarily make, that's where I think Mike would go um, just to get himself, um, you know, kind of a longer term option at quarterback. Keep his keep his options open, and that's an easy taxi squad play too. Stick him on there, let him sit for for the year, and then bring him out next year. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind the QB at ten. You know, like I said, I think it's a weird year to even evaluate him because there was literally five our four quarterbacks taken within like 20 picks at the like mid to late third round. And so you don't really know what the teams are thinking there. Maybe they're just like, we got the value. And so why not wait? Or maybe they don't have the grades on them. So, I mean, I, I think because, I mean, it really depends when IR opens up, you know, I think preseason could change this a lot. If we start seeing one of these rookies starting to play, like, I think that could really, you know, swing the rankings to where somebody gets drafted, but I don't know. I don't mind Ritter at 1.9. I think it's a, maybe a bit of a reach and I don't, I have a tough time seeing Mike reaching when he needs players to hit. Um, but you know, I, I personally think Mike goes David Bell here. Like I don't, I hate to overrule, but I just don't like Mike wouldn't want to wait on David Bell. Cause I, I mean, David Bell is like a mid second rounder and like it would suck to lose out on him just because you wanted to wait like two picks to take him. So yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Matt thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I think quarterback is definitely in the realm of possibilities for Mike, Mike having so many picks in this stretch. I mean, picking five, six, nine, and then 11 and 12, if we're just going like sheer number count, like it's pretty insane. I think I'd be hard pressed to see him not go quarterback. I don't know if he'll do it at nine. Uh, I, I, I agree with Josh a little bit more. I think Mike likes the idea of making David Bell a first round pick and like putting that tag on him over somebody else. Um, I also think there are probably a couple other wide receivers that he would like rather hit on um, yeah. that I think are better than David Bell. But we know Mike. Mike wants to get David Bell in. Of course. A nine, it might not be a nine. You never know. But yeah. So okay, Matt, you're up now picking for yourself. Because yeah, I'm picking for myself at ten. Sorry, <laughs> no, it's all good. I don't mind it. I'm uh, always we'll thinking go. trades. I'm always it's always on the mind. You plant the seed. <laughs> yeah, speaking Matt's of Matt's not responding to my text at all anymore. So I this is my only chance to talk to him about trades. 
Got to corner him. <laughs> yeah, I know. See, this is the problem. Uh, sidebar. Yeah. Playing with my friends, playing fantasy football, it's actually, I think, worse for me because, like, I feel bad about texting about trades so much because I feel like I'm like, maybe they would just appreciate if I checked in on them one time besides, like, <laughs> where they're at on Najee, you know? Like, right. maybe I should check in how they're doing um, <laughs> rather than texting them for, like, the third time this week about their pick. So I, well, I, I can really relate to that with my text conversations with like Austin and, and Tommy, especially I'm like, I just scroll back through. I'm like, wow, all I have texted them about this Austin is, made uh, me stop texting him. He told me to stop. He's like, don't text me anymore. I'll text you if I want to trade with you. Props to Austin. Yeah. Man, laying down the law. Yeah. Why are you in a dynasty league? If I can't text you about trades. I'm out here. I'm out here shaping the, the future minds of America. So I'm kind of busy during the day. Unlike some people. Ugh, man, work is for losers. Yeah. I gotta be thinking trades, man. I'm, hey. I'm on meetings. I'm thinking trades. I'm phone off to the side <laughs> of the screen. I'm like, I'll put my phone in the middle of my screen while I'm on work calls sometimes just to text about a trade. That's how committed I am. Give me, give me June 1st. I'm all ears. <laughs> Okay. All right, so sidebar over. All right. No. We're good. Um, one ten. Only two spots back. Um, because we have one ten and two five. I. I think I still would go. I would probably go somebody who can make the most impact right here. Um, for me personally. I think that person is Christian Watson. I think I like his, I like, I like his spot in green Bay a ton. Um, I think, I mean, we all know what Aaron Rodgers can do with the football and he's got to throw it to somebody. So why not make it Christian Watson? I, you know, I mean, green Bay traded up to get him probably to please Rodgers, But I mean, if, if that's the quarterback, you know, we mentioned Olave having the best quarterback. I think that outside of Sky Moore, like, is the best quarterback you could get thrown to. So I'll take that at 10. Yep. I like, I think that makes sense. Man, I am so torn on Christian Watson. Like, he's so old and rookie wide receivers have never done that well with Aaron Rodgers. Like, I don't mind the talent and the pick and he has good draft capital, but like, I think you're going to be most likely scenario is that you'll be hurting that first year of owning Christian Watson of like, like his value will go down before it goes up, I think. And, and that's hard to yeah. do, but I don't, if you believe in the talent, I like it at 10. I think that's a good pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. So let's see who we got up here. Josh, you're back on the clock. Yes. Right? Uh, Mike's pick 2.1. Two. Um, you know, I'll take the the pick. I know, I I know Mike will use one of these two picks. So I'll leave the next one up for uh, Brian to have a little bit more fun with. But Mike is definitely going David Bell at one of these these picks right here. Um, there's no way David Bell makes it past Dylan at two point three if Mike doesn't take him here. So say Mike didn't get him at one nine, he is for sure going David Bell at two point one. Like good landing spot in Cleveland. I don't. I don't think Donovan Peoples Jones is for sure the number two, 
you know, there's some rumors about them maybe taking a free agent, picking up a free agent, but I mean, he's the man, right? Like we love us some David Bell uh, with our bias, but like he just wins, you know, like that's what he does. He's not that athletic, but he's a good route runner. He just is a great receiver. So I think Mike's taken David Bell at 2.1 and I think he's very happy with that decision. He will not leave this draft without David Bell. That's my bold prediction. I like it. Yep. I agree. All right. So uh, I, uh, you know, with that David Bell pick, uh, I'm kind of torn between two players here for Mike with the second pick, but I think I'm going to go back to the running back position and take uh, James Cook in Buffalo. I feel like that is, I, I mean, going into the draft, whichever running back ended up in Buffalo, I felt like would, would have instant value. Uh, he's, he's the type that I feel like, Singletary will probably start the year as the lead back, but I wouldn't be surprised if by mid-year James Cook is at least splitting duties. And then uh, Devin Singletary is a, a free agent next year. So I, I feel like that's it's pretty clear he's going to walk. And uh, it'll, you know I think James Cook will get his chance in the backfield. Good pick. Safe pick. I think he'll definitely be a good half PPR guy. Solid RB2, RB3 for a long time. So I like it. Yep. <laughs> agree i also think i think at that point mike has to take something that's like more certain i think james cook has some clear-cut value of what you can kind of anticipate he's going to do as opposed to some of the other guys that he you know could take ahead of him yeah yeah agree all right matt you're back on the clock drafting for dylan at 2.3 where are you going 2.3 dylan um oof. I think I mean we we talked earlier, Dylan's wide receiver room kind of being tough. I I think what happens with Deshaun Watson is gonna be really telling on you know, does the NFL end up suspending him or not? Um, like does does Dylan need to go quarterback potentially one way or the other? But even then I don't like quarterback. I think Dylan's gonna double dip at wide receiver. Um, it turns into preference here. Um, I think Dylan goes Alec Pierce right here. I'm not, I personally am not huge on Jahan Dotson. I don't really like that situation in Washington. Um, I think it's either, I think he goes Pierce or Sky Moore, one of the two. Um, but I just I, – I, my gut tells me that Dylan is like, I know the Colts, and the Colts just drafted a guy. Uh, he's pretty fast and can jump high, so I'll take him. I could definitely see that. I would love to have – I would love to watch Dylan have Alec Pierce and my, Michael Pittman on the same, same team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't – I mean, Dylan loves him some Colts, and Alex Pierce does have second-round draft capital. I don't love the pick, but you know, in the second round, you're kind of got to get your guy. So I don't mind Dylan being a bit of a homer, having just missed out on David Bell, feeling like he needs to maybe reach for somebody he might also be excited about. But I, we, we always say that Dylan's the wild card of the draft. I feel like that's a pretty wild card type pick. So yeah, but Dylan doesn't, Dylan, I, I have, I don't feel like Dylan makes his own rankings. That's the piece is that. Like, I don't think Dylan will would would go 
out of the way of consensus that much because I don't think he cares about fantasy football enough to really be like, I'm going to build my own draft board. I think he'll kind of go in there and feel it out. For what it's worth, I don't think anybody outside of the three of us and Mike have built their own draft board either, but the point the point stands. Yes. Yeah. All right. I'm on good at four, and I'm fucking psyched right now because I'm getting the steal of the draft at 2.4, and I'm taking Sky Moore, and I'm wondering how he fell to me at 2.4. I didn't have to trade up. I, I I stayed where I was and I got maybe the best receiver in the draft. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe. 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 I'm on good. I need a young wide receiver. I'm I'm considering Jahan Dotson. I like the draft capital, but I don't want to be a part of Washington. Yeah. I'm thinking, what's the best the best receiver franchise value I've got here? Sky Moore's small college. But he's got a lot of the benchmarks you look for in a great, great wide out. I'm I'm happy at 2.4 to take him off the board and and have a good young wide receiver that I'm feeling pretty good about heading into his rookie year. Yeah, that would be that would be quite the coup if he lands him at two four. I there's it's no way those, it's happening. It's not happening. I know. I don't think it is either, but hey, I mean weirder things have happened, that's for sure. Yeah. So. I I will be I will play devil's advocate to the Sky Moore pick. I think, and granted, we know, like, the Chiefs loves to throw, and they're going to spread the wealth, but they just signed Juju. You just got Valdez-Scantling. You still have Travis Kelsey. Like, I mean, they just gave Scantling, what, like a three-year deal? Like, the dude's going to be there for a while. Like, Juju is the most, like, known receiver there. Like, you know, you get, you know, give me, give me some crap for Alec Pierce too. Alec Pierce is clearly the number two wide receiver in Indy. Sky yeah. is slotting in at like, at best, the number four option in Kansas City. Is yeah. this legit, Matt? You're this out on on Sky Moore. You're just not feeling very good about him. You think this? No, is a- I I like Sky Moore a lot. I don't think the pick is terrible. I just don't. I'm not going to go out and call him the steal of the draft. At two point four. I would kill to get Sky Moore at 2.4. I know. I would if, if Sky Moore was available at 2.4, I would give all three of my second round picks to move up to 2.4 and get him. Yeah. Or maybe I wouldn't. Who knows? I don't know. But okay, I believe I'm I'm back up now with Matt's pick again. Yep. Uh, I this is this is an odd spot in the draft for you, Matt. I feel like there's like we talk all the time about how your team needs needs some depth, and I just don't feel like there's anybody, like any running back, wide receiver, tight end right now that just makes a lot of sense to you know better your roster for this year. So I'm actually going to go Malik Willis here, and my reasoning for it is I feel like Malik Willis's timeline in Tennessee coincides almost perfectly with Matt's quarterback timeline. I feel like, uh, you know. Matt got a little a little uh, warning shot when Tom Brady retired for a month and a half, and Daniel Jones's fifth year option wasn't picked up. So I think it's about time that that Matt gets himself a young quarterback. So I'm going Malik Willis. 
My only comment is I love the audacity to say there's no running back, tight end, or wide receiver that I think is going to help your depth when there's literally a running back that you gave a first round grade. I know. Come on. Right here at two five. Guys, I was trying to hold him off till 4.2. He's like, Damien Pierce. (laughs) He's not that good. him till the fourth round. (laughs) I just, I, yes, I, I, I do like Damien Pierce's spot, but. I don't know. I the the short term value of a running back in Houston for a year or two versus the long term potential value of Malik Willis as your you know QB two or three. I, I don't think it's even close. No, I I just wanted to give you some crap for yeah, for that comment. I on it like to be honest, if Malik Willis was at two five, I would be ecstatic. Yeah, like, Brian hit the nail on the head. Like Brady might retire freaking halfway through the season for all we know. Like, I don't know. And Daniel Jones is a, I think probability states he's not going to be the quarterback in New York after this year. So I could be down to one QB unless Daniel, Danny dimes starts to, to put it on. Then I got a second guy, but I think having at least a fourth option to stash would be put me a little bit more at ease. You know, as we talked last pod, you got to think, you know, years in advance i think that would make me feel a little bit more comfortable for the future yeah yeah i like the malik willis pick here honestly i mean you could take damian pierce you could take isaiah spiller algier rashad white like you got a lot of options for running back here and i don't know if there's really a wrong one to take but i mean I feel like a lot of those running backs, you're really buying a one-year window. And because a fourth-round running back has no hold. Like, if they're bad, you're gone. Like, you're you're dumpster running back. Like, then it's a waste of a pick. So, I really do like going something with a bit more longevity. I think Matt's team could use the youth in something that would be a bit more staying. Uh, so, I like Willis. Where you at, Matt? You're drafting for me at 2.6. Who am I taking? Yeah. Um, honestly, here, I think I would go, I mean, like wide receiver availability. I'm still not, I think Jahan Dotson is someone to consider here. Um. I just don't – I don't know that you need to take it, um, and I don't know that I would want to. Um, personally, I think here it's your preference between Pierce or Spiller or Rashad White. I would say one of those three. Um, my gut says – because, I mean, we're going to talk about your huge trade here in a second. I think you need to be in win-now mode. I think the back that could offer the most win-now potential is Rashad White. Just from a pass catching standpoint, I think he slots in really quickly. Oh goodness, when he decides to go psycho, I'll keep it quick. He slots in nicely with Tom Brady. I think he adds nice value from the passing standpoint, and it could be some immediate production. Josh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think Rashad White is a good pick here. I mean, Fournette's a little bit older. You know, I think he's a good back and has good draft capital, good location. I don't know how great he'll be this year considering the deal Fournette just signed. Um, But I think there's some value 
down the road with him more so than some of the other running backs. I think he's maybe like the cutoff of running backs for like Damian Pierce, I think is a very spotty on like, will he exist beyond this year? Like, yes, that Houston backfield is a bit of a mess and it's easy to want to take him right now, but I think Rashad White's a safer pick. So I think that's a good decision. I find that really, I'm really surprised that you two are both like kind of aligned on that. I, to me, Rashad White's like a mid third round pick to me. Like I just, not just because of, the like I, I think the Leonard Fournette contract is scary because that's an investment that is probably it may not be three years like the deal that he signed like he may get cut before then but I think it's at least two and you've also got like the the Keyshawn Vaughn factor in there too oh like Brian Brian around, he was picked it. around the same spot I'm not saying he's gonna take a lot of carries but he was picked around the same spot so like I I just think you get like a little bit of a muddled you know, second, second back there. But I mean, who knows? I, I just, I wouldn't want to be like, I'm, you know, honestly just contemplating cutting Keyshawn Vaughn because I don't like being behind Leonard Fournette. So. And behind Rashad White. Right. <laughs> Rashad. The reason I like Rashad White here is his profile is different from Vaughn and Fournette. Like Fournette's going to be your, like, you know, between the tackles. White's not going to make his name between the tackles. Yeah, his name outside the tackle and adds an element to the Bucks passing game that, you know, like Fournette can, you know, he's had health concerns in the past too. Who's to say he doesn't like go down. And now it's a nice yeah. clean backfield for Vaughn and a really good offense. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Oh, okay, Josh. All right. So I'm Mike here at 2.7. And the fact that I get to choose between Jahan Dotson and George Pickens at 2.7, I am licking my chops. Back to back steals of the draft at my pick. Um, and we're getting. See, I feel like either one's a steal of the draft, to be honest. I'm taking Jahan Dotson. I mean, you can't pass up the draft capital. Like, you know, I don't love the commanders, but I think they probably know. Like, these teams know. And Dotson had first round draft grades, I think, across the board. So. I'm fine taking a, a maybe a bit of a risk at 2.7 because, you know, he could be just as good as anybody else. So I'm, I'm fine with that at, at 2.7. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's a smart pick. For those keeping track at home, that's uh, Josh's second steal draft. Two in a row. Two in a row. <laughs> yeah. I'm wiping the floor with these kids. Yeah. All the thievery going on. Yeah. Okay, so I think I'm up with Josh again, 2.8, right? Uh-huh. So I think, oh, no, the, you're, yeah, you're me. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, I think the, the easy pick here is George Pickens, you know, it's, it's uh high ceiling, low floor type pick. Like he could, you know, if, if the attitude isn't there, he could be out of the league and in, in a couple of years, but at the same time, he's, he definitely has the pedigree of, of a star wide receiver and any, any wide receiver to the Steelers pick is good by me. Yeah. I, you can't let him. I can. I couldn't let Pickens. I'd have to take him there. Yeah, I think you have to do it. Yeah. All right. I'm Mike at two nine. Yes, you are. Goodness. Um. Shocking to say this person's name all the way down at two nine when we, you know, thought they might get taken in the first round. I think this is where Damian Pierce falls off the board. Um, we've talked, you know about 
Houston's, you know, iffy backfield. There's not a lot tying Damian Pierce down to Houston saying like, this is our guy, but at two nine with Mike's seventh pick of the draft, whatever this is at this point, like, you know, Damian Pierce might be a guy that keeps Mike away from Waffle House this year, and he's going to thank him. And if he makes the team next year, that's great. If he doesn't, Mike has a million 2023 picks to replace him with. I almost wonder if Damian Pierce is this year's version of Elijah Mitchell for Mike, where it's, you know, not necessarily part of Mike's long-term plans, but it's somebody that Mike can use for a year and then flip to a team, you know, flip to another team um, down the road. Yeah, I, I like the pick. I think Damian Pierce falling to 2.9 would be pretty surprising. So I think it's a good ad. Okay, wraps up, Josh. Last pick. Picking for me. Nope. Picking for me. Oh, yeah. I'm picking for Matt. I forgot. <laughs> Matt is no doubt taking Isaiah Spiller here at 2.10. Heck yeah. He's pumped to have gotten him this late in the draft. Uh, Aston Eckler's back up. I think Spiller's got the complete set. Uh, of skills as a running back, which, you know, that's nice. I mean, you, you don't know for sure he's going to be there, but I like the upside as a, as a stash play. If Eckler gets hurt, if, you know, he's a little bit older, if he retires in a couple of years, or he's just kind of worn out and can't take the volume that he's been having the last few years. So I think he's taken Spiller at 2.10 and he's pretty happy about it. I concur. I think I'm taking Spiller at 210 and I'm very happy about it. I will like, this is weirdly enough for the chargers. This is the third consecutive draft. We've taken a running back. That's you what know, I was going to say. Two years ago it was Josh Kelly. Cause you know, Eckler's always been an outside the tackle kind of guy. And it was Josh Kelly's going to be the bruiser. And then Josh Kelly literally did not want to hold onto the football. So I was like, all right, Kelly, you're done. Let's bring in Larry Roundtree, another like fourth, fifth round running back out of Missouri and Roundtree did not a lot to impress. So well, and don't forget about Justin Jackson. Oh, Justin Jackson, the ball carrier. Um, it honestly sickens my gut that the Chargers decide, like, they hand him the ball willingly during a game. Um, I Nothing – I don't want anything more in this life than to have him, like, not be in L.A. anymore. Um, but I think, you know, my hope is that if that's the case, Spiller slots in as the backup and can take some of that volume, lighten the load off of Eckler and – no better quarterback to hand the ball to you than Justin Herbert, the chosen one. <laughs> I can't disagree with that. All right. So just That's to up. summarize draft, we went Brees Hall one Burks two, London three Pickett four, Kenneth Williams or yeah, that's his name, right? Kenneth Williams. Yeah. No, Kenneth Walker. Walker. Kenneth Walker. Okay. Yeah, I was like, I felt like I was doing <laughs> Jameson Williams at, at six, Garrett Wilson at seven, Alave eight, Ritter nine, uh, Christian Watson, 10, David Bell, 11, James Cook, 12, Alec Pierce, 13, Sky Moore, 14, Malik Willis, 15, Rashad White, 16, Jahan Dotson, 17, George Pickens, 18, Damian Pierce, 19, and Isaiah Spiller, 20. Notable undrafted players include John Mechie, the third, Trey McBride, Matt Corral. Um, but I think other than that, I feel like we really captured it. I could see those three guys maybe sliding into these two, maybe a couple of reaches here or there that, um, you know, that may change in draft day, but I think overall a solid mock. I'll keep note of this for the next time we do it, but I like the picks where we were at. Yeah, no doubt. I I think there's, uh, and there's some good, there's some good options left on the board. Yeah. Speaking the third round should be, 
There's some s- sneaky value in the third. Tolbert, Wandale, like I said, McBride, Mechie. Zamir White. Algiers, Zamir White. I mean, Justin Ross. I mean, I'd fly for him on the third. Why not? Brian yeah. Robinson. Mm-hmm. Sam Howell. Tyquan Thornton. You could get a second-round pick in the NFL draft in the, in the third round of our rookie. So there's still some value to be had back there. I wouldn't mind picking in the third to fourth. I, I don't know. Maybe we're just telling ourselves now because we see the draft capital and, but it feels pretty deep to me. I don't know. I think you're getting some value across the board. So I I think it's a, I think it's a, like there's it's lacking star power, but I, I really feel like, you know, from pick like eight to maybe pick 25 or 30, the value is pretty similar. Like it's, there's there's only slight variations you know going going through that middle part of the draft you just got to get your guy that's what it comes down to and you know you can fall victim to the board if you're not doing your rankings doing your scouting which is fine you'll probably get a fine player but i feel like this year can really pay off by doing some work and and trading back trading up uh, depending on who you like yep Mm -hmm. all right let's talk about the the big deal the big deal the biggest deal in our league's history. You want to recap it, John? Month. Yeah. So biggest trade of the league's history. And I'm not going to say it was a heist because uh, I think it was fair. And some people might even say I lost. Um, and I'm interested to hear what you two have to say. So the trade was between me and Colin. I traded away Javante Williams, Denver running back, CD Lamb, Dallas wide receiver, Antonio Gibson, commanders running back, and 2022 pick 1.06 for Debo Samuel, Cooper Cup, Travis Kelsey, and DeAndre Hopkins. So really an exchange of, of younger for older. Um, definitely increased my, my median age for my team by quite a bit with this trade. But maybe before Brian and Matt Pine, here was my thought process. So it has been it has been so stressful to own these three players and it is just a roller coaster of like, are they going to be the guy? Are they going to get the work? Are they going to end up being as great as their potential would say? And like, these are three of the most hyped players in the fantasy in the dynasty fantasy community. I would say like you can go on any, on a subreddit in any given day and you can probably find a thread about one of these three guys. And I've read the threads, every thread I read every day. And I'm so tired of reading the threads because there's no threads about Cooper Cup, about Travis Kelsey. It's just like, oh, how boring and old are these players? And I want to be the boring older team. Honestly, I'm, I'm getting three top tier assets in this trade. Proven elite assets. Not even, I mean, Kelsey is old for sure. But Cup and Debo are not that old. 29, 26, that's not bad. I mean, how many more productive years does Gibson have? Maybe two to three. I'd say Cup has the same. So you're really looking at similar windows there. You know, and, and Hopkins is just kind of, you know, icing on the cake. Maybe he's good, maybe he's not. If he is, I'm I think I'm guaranteed playoffs this year. But that was kind of my thought is it's like, I still have some good young talent. My quarterbacks, Mooney, Khalil Herbert. 
I'm not going to say Clyde Edwards Alaire because I don't know if he's good. He is young though. And I have 1.10 and 223 first. So I've got plenty of capital to still acquire young players in the future. And I also get better right now. So I really don't think I, I, I really think the trade like just puts my team in the right spot rather than just being this eternally like young up and coming team to like, I am a contender now. And maybe it's too early to make a trade like this, but I got very nervous about the news cycle with somebody like Gibson or Javante or even CD with how the carries are, you know, I feel like these young players, they, that's where it really becomes a big deal for them. So there's my monologue, Brian, Matt, the floor is yours. What are your thoughts? Matt, you can go first. Um, the initial, the, my initial thought from the trade was I was honestly shocked that, I mean, I think, I think Colin addressed a big need of his being running back. You know, I think, I mean, we all saw Colin's running back room was not great. Like Daryl Henderson being good last year really helped him out. But Miles Sanders was eh. Kareem Hunt was decent. But coming back from that, it's like, you know, you'd hope Miles Sanders can kind of pick up his production, maybe score a couple touchdowns. But with Jalen Hurts carrying the ball, you don't like it. Hunt's always going to be kind of the the 1B to Chubb. And then with Michelle – or not Michelle, with uh, Akers back, like Henderson's value is gone. So – and Collins not in a position to draft – or he's currently not in a position to draft the, you know, potential running back at 1-6 anymore. So him getting Gibson and Williams, I think, was like – I, I felt was a really plus move for him, um, which conversely I think puts you in a little bit of hole – of a hole in the running back spot. I – do not like Edwards Hilaire. I don't think he's good, but you, with, yeah, with, you know, Tyreek gone, maybe he decides to turn it on. I don't know. Um, and then you've got Zeke who, you know, Zeke is Zeke. I think he's going to do his thing, but beyond those two, it's kind of like a eek. So but I like it. I like it. I think, you know, we talk about going and getting your guys. I think you got your guys. I think it, I would be hard pressed for cup to reproduce the level of season he had this past year, but I think he's the top 15 top 20 worst case, like in terms of wide receiver fantasy production, I think Debo same thing. I don't know if Debo's also top three, but I think he's like pretty much a surefire top 20. I think if you can get a couple of guys like that, that, you know, like, Hey, they're going to be studs and not have to worry about the what ifs of CD or the what ifs of Javante. Like, I agree. I think putting your mind at ease is good. Work for Colin last year. Why can't it work for you this year? Brian. Yeah. What, so what I'm, what I think is like the, the overarching theme of this is like, I, the tried, the trade surprised me for you, Josh, just because I felt like you had a championship window with CD Javante and, and Gibson that was larger than you do now, but I think you, you know, essentially took your chances of winning a championship over the next five years and compacted it into like two or three and Mm -hmm. improved those odds. So it's like, I think in the next two years, you probably have a great chance at winning in the next five. It's going to take a lot more, I think maneuvering on your part 
to to keep that window open than it would have been to just keep CD and Javante. To me, the the assets you acquired, I think it's interesting because like you talk about how the players you gave up, you were worried about, you know, just the constant back and forth about worrying about them. And I honestly like each of the four guys that you got, I feel like have if I if I were owning them, I would also have some kind of concern for them going into next year. Like for Cup, it's not being able to reproduce the season that he had. For Debo, it's injuries, and then now he's you know potentially not you know not going to be used the same way he was. Kelsey's age, and then Hopkins, it's his suspension. So it's like I think it's interesting that you like you view them as you know much more locked in, guaranteed assets. Whereas, like I, I think all four of them have have some concern. And I'm not saying you're wrong at all. I just, to me personally, I think that that's something that stands out. You know, I mean, you, you can happily tell me you wouldn't have done the trade. It won't hurt my feelings. I mean, I not say I'm not, I'm honestly not even saying that at all. I just, I, I, I think it's a good trade for both of you. I just, I find it interesting because I, I, I know you're the type that likes to build you know, you would like to build your dynasty over, over a long time. So I'm surprised you did it from the perspective of like, I think I thought you liked having that big, big window, you know, that big runway with like CD and Javante. Yeah. And I think my, my thought was, is like, say CD is really good this year, right? Like, and he proves he can be a wide receiver one and, you know, Javante has a pretty good year. Maybe RB12, I think, would be a really good year for him in a split backfield, assuming Melvin Gordon doesn't get hurt. And let's say Antonio Gibson has like an RB15 year. So, you know, you don't win fantasy with average players. Like, you just don't. You don't win the league. Tommy won last year, not because of like him having got like plenty of guys. Like, he won because he had studs like Derrick yeah. Henry was carrying him to the playoffs, got him there. He had great performances across the board from his team. Like he had, he had good players, George Kittle stud, Nick Chubb stud, Aaron Rodgers. Like those are the guys you want to have on your team to win. And so it's to me, it was getting out of the, a little bit because I am so deep in the dynasty mindset. Like, the dynasty fantasy football subreddit. I talk about it too much, but it is like a cesspool of people who do not like winning. Like that <laughs> is that you go there to lose and have fun losing. You have a lot of fun losing. That's the thing. You have a lot of fun. But I think the reason I did it is because I didn't feel like the trade would necessarily be available for me once the season kicked off because yeah. you see Antonio Gibson in a split backfield. You're like, I don't I don't think I want to invest in that. You see Javante having another year in a split backfield and a running back Javante who's good, but he has never been a workhorse running back in college. Uh, he never was a workhorse, right? So at the NFL mm-hmm. level, why do you become a workhorse running back, right? Like he has, he balled out last year on a split backfield, but being able to carry the load, like that takes a certain kind of build. So you know, I felt like I could cash in on a lot of the potential of these players right now. And I feel like after this year for a lot of those players, and even in the middle of the year, it's not potential anymore. Like if CD has another wide receiver two year this year, like he's a wide receiver too. Like this is the year, right? Like, you yeah. know, 
And so you can only sell the potential one like before it starts. So, you know, I, I, I was a little sad that I had to sell all three pieces. I would have preferred to maybe keep one of them and, and move off. But Colin was really firm on the trade to, to get those three guys. And I was going to say, I feel like the, I feel like Colin has his base now. Like I was always worried about Colin's age. And I think that this, this provides him a little bit more of a a sturdy base to keep him competitive for, for longer. Uh, The thing I find interesting about this is I feel like this trade goes all the way back to, you know, week, week one or week two of last year when Mike and Colin did their trade for Darren Waller, because I feel like if, if Colin had not traded away two first round picks for Darren Waller, and I'm not even saying it was a bad deal. Just like if he had not given up those two first round picks, I don't know if he feels the pressure to, to get these young assets that he, that he wanted to get now. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was really a trade that only could have come together between our two teams because there's no other team in the league that has the, elite assets that Colin has like that quantity to trade for the young. I think like outside of QBs, like Mike has the QBs, but I think for that young RB wide receiver, like those are, that's three of the better ones you could get, you know, as of two days ago. So, I mean, Colin still has no picks. And when I look at his team, like the quarterback is good. Running backs are good. You know, I'm a little nervous about the flex when I look at those flex positions. That's why I was a little surprised he didn't try and sell 1.6 for a little more because right now he's rocking Miles Sanders, Kareem Hunt, and Adam Thielen. And he's got no picks for the next two years. I mean, he's got a second next year. So you probably get somebody in 2024 you can use. But, you know, he's I, I feel like he's maybe a little stuck with, with the team that he's got for a while. So I think it's good for him to get a little bit younger. But, you know, is middling – good for him at this point who knows i i don't i don't know if it's if it's what what i would want to do but you know i think he i think what was really surprising to me and it relates to the next trade is colin was so adamant about getting the 1.6 i was shocked that he moved it for cole Komet and kenny galladay to mike and i texted him about it and he's like i believe kenny galladay is having to come back here so i mean i i understand wanting to get your guy but at the same time, you could have gotten way more out of Mike. I think you could have gotten a second rounder in return in that same trade as well, if that was what you wanted. But I was a little surprised to see him push for that pick so hard and then immediately spin it in the same night. I I, I agree. I think I think a reasonable trade, honestly, it wouldn't have shocked me if it was like, you know, if you had told me it was Galladay, Komet, and 2-2, I would have been like, oh, move back six spots up and coming tight end, like, you know, Chicago didn't improve the wide receiver room and fields like starting to commit like Galladay might have a comeback year, but I just, I agree. I find it tough that that's the value you get at one six um, as another, as of the previous owner of Kenny Galladay, I drafted Kenny Galladay last year with the mindset that he was going to have a comeback year and he didn't, he just got hurt again. Like, you're in New York, which now has a plethora of arguably receivers with currently the same skill level, like Galladay, um, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, Darius Tony's there. They just added Wandale Robinson. Like that's five dudes all going to be competing for shares of the ball. 
And I don't, I know God is the biggest name. That doesn't mean he's going to be like the biggest target share. So I think your trade shocked me in terms of like the sheer number of people and the names that were traded. His trade shocked me for the, like, that's what it took to get one six. Like if I had known that I would have been like, Oh my gosh, would you like this person and this person? Boom. Yes. I moved. I like, I'll trade you Irv Smith Jr. And, uh, and Calvin Ridley for this pick. Like I, I would have given you so more, so much more. I wish, you know, and this is the dangers of our league because nobody really posts their, like who they're willing to trade or what their trades are before they send it. Everything kind of stays in the back room, like until the trade launches, you know, like, I don't think anybody would have known I was trading CD Javante and Gibson in a package. Um, but here we are, Brian, what do you think of that trade? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I echo what, what you guys are saying in, <laughs> in that I wish that I knew that 1.6 was was open and I'm also jealous of of uh, being able to get that kind of value for Komet and Galladay. But I at the same time, like, you know, if if Colin's high on Galladay and Komet, like, who am I to tell him he's wrong? I think those are, you know, it. Th- those two are both players that, Although I'm personally out on, I feel like both of them could make us eat our words if if they have a have a good season. So I, I don't necessarily think that, you know, it's not the trade I would have done, but I don't think it's, you know, it, it it's not truly terrible or anything like that. So totally agree. Um, and I just respect. Oh, sorry, Brian, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I no, I didn't have anything else. And I, I was going to say, I just respect Colin like having his own player values like it's just so nice exactly have somebody be like hey this is where i rank players fuck keep trade cut fuck uh dynasty rankings list like literally sloan sending the pictures of the trades afterwards i was like this is a perfect this perfectly encapsulates trading with sloan right and and it makes sense because you know when you don't care about fantasy football like or football that much in general i'm not saying he doesn't care but not like us degenerates when you're not a degenerate um like that's what you're looking towards so i respect colin having his own rankings and being like i'm gonna go i'm gonna get these guys i like the names i don't care about picks at all because i think like colin is really the only one who's held true of of like likes i i feel confident his fantasy football skill and he also says fuck picks so you know, good for him for sticking to the strategy. I think the only pieces is, is it's like, I don't mind going to get your guy, but if you could get more and maybe the, that ends up being a bad trade, like down the road, but at the time of the trade, he could have gotten more. I have no doubt about that. So that's maybe the only pieces I'm like, are you leaving something on the table? Even if like you maybe are getting the worst end of the deal, but you could still get a little bit more. So that was my only piece. Yeah. Some, something that I think we need to keep in mind too, like what I'm learning through this league is, you know, I used to think that, you know, like, well, if you trade, if you trade all your first round picks, you don't have any chance of, you know, sustaining any kind of success. But like at the end of the day, it really only takes one trade like this every two or three years to, to totally change your window. Like, you know, three days ago, I would have told you Collins' window was the next two years, and then it was going to fall off a cliff. And and now, you know, I don't think he's quite as big of a contender for this year as he was originally. But like, I think it it keeps him competitive and keeps him within striking distance of, you know, 
of a championship for, for longer. Yeah. And he could make the move too. I mean, if he's got these young, younger assets now and assuming they work out, if he's like close, I mean, if he moves one of them for a win now player, you know, as the season goes on, I don't think that's a bad move. Yeah. Any other thoughts on either of those trades, Matt, Brian, we have one more trade to cover. Maybe the biggest trade. Yeah. I was going to say, we really uh, buried the lead with this one. Yeah. Uh, Matt, anything else on those trades? <laughs> nah, I'm good. Biggest trade. Visca Chenault, the man nobody wants on their team. <laughs> Brian wants him. Pick 4.01. I think this is the second time this offseason. I think you traded me 4.01. I traded it back to you. And now you're <laughs> trading it back to me. I don't, I think I traded it. You, you gave it to me for Teddy Bridgewater. I think I gave it back in the Mariota deal. And now yep. I'm getting it back again for Visca. <laughs> from my perspective, I was going to drop Visca for the Colin trade. Cause, and I knew Brian had always had some interest in Visca. I texted Mike about a third and he was like, let me think about it. And like, it's not a bad deal. And <laughs> I was like, I don't have time for this. So Brian coming in clutch at 401. I think it's a good trade for you. You have plenty of bench spots to hold some young players. So why not take a chance? Yeah. My only regret in the deal is, is if I'd realized what was going on, I would have said, I'll give you four, six instead. <laughs> and you probably would have taken it. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I do like Laviska. I feel like, I mean, he's, you know, similar to the other players you're talking about. He's probably got one more year to prove it, but you know, if, if he doesn't have a decent year this year, he's probably not not worth having but he's you know he's a long shot flex player if he were to start to have a good good season and you know if he if he has a decent season there'd be reason to hold on to him for another year yeah i mean when you're rostering Keyshawn vaughn brevin jordan diami brown like visca is not bad to have on the bench those are deep sleepers man <laughs> those are deep that's like that's like 20 team league players right now <laughs> What do you think, Matt? In, in the worst, sorry, real quick. But the worst thing about it is that I cannot get myself to drop Deami Brown. <laughs> I I will say you must have been uh, killed by the Dotson pick, then Brian. You were like, shit, no. <laughs> Deami Brown gear. We may we may have seen tears from Brian on draft night I know. On Thursday, seeing Dotson go sixteen, and then no Willis at all. Probably would have been crying in the corner. Yep. Um, I will I will openly admit I was big on Deami Brown. Two, I think Mike Mike drafted him in our initial draft. I was pissed about that. Mike and I actually had a deal lined up for Waller, and I was going to get Diami Brown in that deal too. And I was feeling great. <laughs> Colin just unloaded on it, and I was like, oh, "Okay, none for me." And then Brian tried to pique my interest, but at this point, I don't like it. But I agree. I think Lavishka Chanel, young player on a young team, like you know, you never know what could happen in Jacksonville. Um, change in coach. Maybe this guy likes Chanel more than some of the other guys. Maybe, you know, start running some more plays for him. And at that point, it's like who you take at 4-1 honestly probably won't have the same level of production value at what you could get with Chanel. I mean, it makes sense for you, Josh, just like instead of having to drop a dude for anybody to pick up, give it up, take a chance on somebody, taxi him, and, you know, no sweat off your back. Exactly. That's the play. Get a taxi player. See if they pop in year one. I'm fine to drop them after a year anyway. So mm -hmm. it works out. Well, cool. 
We covered a lot today, guys. Hour and a half. It flew by. I had a great time. I love chatting with you guys. Yes, sir. I know we get into it. We love some some draft talk, some some good trade talk. I'm glad the league uh, opened up a little bit this week. I know it it kind of closes down and then opens up. I think we're getting a little antsy for the draft. I'm hoping they add the IR designation back like by midsummer would be great. I'm hoping like around camp is when it comes back, but who knows? I'm staying hopeful. Yeah, no, same. I, I'm really looking forward to the draft and you know, we'll have to do this every, every month or so and just check back in, make sure people, people remember that they're participating in the league. Sometimes <laughs> I think they, they forget about <laughs> they it. They forget. But... <laughs> but no, it's good stuff. Awesome. Well, thank you, Matt Kuyper Jr. Thank you, Brian McShay. We'll talk in a couple weeks, maybe a month, but always good to do these little Sloan's off studying. So appreciate it, guys. Hope you have a good night. Mm -hmm. See you guys. You as well.